Are the expectations way too high? Where do we go from here? The only question, how long can it last? What's up, everybody? Welcome to Zero to 100. I'm Zach DeSalvo, joined by my co-host, Eric Padilla. Today, we've got a great show for you. Uh, just the two of us this week, but um, we'll be bringing some guests on over the next couple weeks. But today, we're going to be talking a little bit of uh, the upcoming Super Bowl preview, talking about our NBA All-Star rosters, some of the places we're looking forward to hitting now that COVID seems to be having some lighter restrictions. And lastly, how we're just sending everything to the moon over the last couple of weeks. Padilla, how you doing, man? Super Bowl week. Yeah, doing pretty good, man. You know, yeah, like you said, Super Bowl week. Brady for going for number seven to solidify himself as the GOAT. Oh, you don't think he already, he already is? is? He already is. Okay, but this yeah. is just basically just he just keeps adding more to the resume his old ass 40 43 years old about to be 44 by the by the next season he's going to be going for eight after that so i'm pumped yeah i mean it definitely it certainly seems like he is not going to be going away anytime soon i don't know that people thought he was but i mean it seems like he'll be going for it next year too and 10 10 championship appearances whether he wins it or not is pretty impressive i mean no matter what sport it is even though there are some people out there don't agree with that but oh yeah definitely i definitely agree with that it's it's just it's just nuts that he's still he's still able to keep going and keep pushing fuck at 43 i would be done i would have been done at like 35 yeah man my knees are already caving in after a couple (laughs) box jumps and and i'm not nearly i'm half as old as he is okay padilla uh after a pretty eventful week um you know, it seems like it's kind of crazy. I feel like, you know, as much as this, as much as this podcast is, you know, really focused on sports and foods, one thing that we don't get to do that often is kind of the business and the finance realm. But holy cow, we have been, uh, people have been coming to us for stock advice over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, we're posting things on Twitter and everyone's asking us, do I buy or sell or do I hold? And, you know, we're just sending everything to the moon, aren't we, Padilla? Oh, yeah. I, Really, I don't have any idea what the hell is even going on, but I'm just tagging <laughs> along for the ride, man. So I guess I'll kind of explain a little bit for, because I think there probably are some listeners out there who aren't quite sure, um, or maybe that they've seen what's been happening in the stock market over the last couple, or for the last week or so, but they just still don't quite understand it. But basically what you have happening is this Reddit stream called Wall Street Bets, Um they have kind of they, they basically discovered that this hedge fund guy who kind of posts some of the positions that he's been taking shorted um, a ton of stocks in GameStop. And when you short a stock, it basically means you're betting against that company. And as the stock price kind of declines, you know, the person that shorts the stock makes more money. But what happened is in in, in kind of a cool way, I mean, this Reddit stream has just totally um has a, a just a massive army of people that they have convinced to go to go in on these um, these stocks like GameStop, AMC, Naked Brands, Nokia, basically all these kind of just archaic companies that really look like they were going to be going down for good. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy to see how much of a jump some of these things have made. Oh yeah, dude, I'm like. I'm going through the group chat. You guys are freaking out. I'm just like, what's going on? I'm going on Robinhood, looking at my stocks. I'm like, I don't see anything. Going on Twitter, I see everything blowing up. People going to the moon, rocket ships, Elon Musk. And I'm so confused because I'm just like, I'm questioning. I'm like, are you guys really buying stocks for Nokia? Because I'm like, didn't Nokia die like years ago? And and then you guys are talking about naked AMC, all this stuff. I'm just like, I am so clueless. So I'm having to go through Twitter, usually where I get most of my news, anyways, and just kind of read up on all these kinds of things. Just kind of pay attention to what you guys are talking about. And even then, I'm still even kind of confused. But I think it's hilarious. Yeah, it's I mean, the let me tell you this. Folk. I've been, uh, I I feel like I've been kind of in this game for a while, and you know, ever since last week when I started this whole thing up. Uh, you know, th- this stock thing is just blowing up. And I think, you know, you, you look at uh, how it kind of gives an opportunity for any, really anyone to get in on the market, I think. And, and I guess the second big part of this story has been 
the what happened with Robinhood, where you know their whole brand and company identity is designed to be like like Robinhood. You know, take from the rich, give to the poor, give the little guy like us the opportunity to invest in the stock market and to kind of play the game that these hedge funds have been playing for years and making billions of dollars. And I I don't think you could have written the kind of irony SNL skip or skit any better than to have Robin Hood be the company that betrays the little guy and ends up siding with the hedge funds when they decided last week to stop um, allowing people to, to buy more shares of AMC and GameStop and naked brands and Nokia. And, you know, it seems like, you know, people in our government are starting to kind of ask some questions and maybe there'll be some sort of investigation into why they did this, but it's kind of hard not to come to the conclusion that they, that they did it to, cause they're somehow, you know, they're funded by these hedge funds. Yeah, that was, that's, I'm kind of agree with you on that. Cause yeah, I, you guys were the ones that got me into Robin hood during like, I think the beginning of the pandemic. And so yeah, I kind of read up a little bit on them and I'm just, okay, this seems, this seems interesting, but I mean, when things get big, like Robin hood did, I mean, I'm not surprised they're going to sell out like they did. Um, but I mean, shit, I saw that they got a lawsuit going on. Yeah. Hopefully we can get, hopefully we can get something out of it. That'd be nice. Um, but one thing I got to say is I don't understand why the hell you guys are all supporting GameStop. GameStop has been fucking us for years. <laughs> On the PS5s and Xboxes we, and whatnot. We go in and we try to trade in a $60 game. They try to give us $3 back or $10 in store credit. We don't want any store credit. We just want money. But I don't know. I think that's I think that's the funniest part is that GameStop is getting all this love, but GameStop legit sucks. I hate GameStop. Well, what's crazy is uh, this whole thing kind of started like a month ago because this guy who is, I think he's the CEO of Chewy or he's like a huge partial owner. Um, like a month or go, so, or a month or so ago, he saw the, you know, GameStop came out with their new plan to like kind of, you know, rebrand themselves and how to kind of come into the 21st century. And, you know, they're talking about how they're going to have like all these kind of online platforms and how they're going to move into more of an online sales. So this guy looks at GameStop and says, Hey, I think this thing's like totally undervalued. And that was kind of what sparked this entire thing because before he, and he, he bought like, you know, a 10% stake in GameStop uh, when he saw that, but before he made that move, um, it was really just a bunch of people in like a Reddit thread talking about, you know, sending GameStop to the moon, but there was no, there was no like, you know, big backers behind it. Then once this guy put his name on it, people were like, oh, wow, this is, this maybe has a chance to take off. But I'm, I'm pretty bummed I didn't get to get it on GameStop early enough because that one is like truly going to the moon. AMC and Naked, Nokia aren't quite on that level. But I have started kind of, you know, I've been kind of trying to sell at the right points and then buying in the dip. So I've almost fully cleared out all my, uh, my AMC and naked for my Robinhood account and I'm moving it into a Webull account. So we're back, baby. Fuck Robinhood. <laughs> oh my God. That's great. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, I just keep looking at my Robinhood and looking at some stuff as I like, I'm kind of like you, I keep asking you, it's like, okay, are we leaving? It's like, kind of like, are we leaving Robinhood? It's like, fuck Robinhood. Let's go somewhere else type right. of deal. And that's kind of, that's kind of what it sounds like. And I think it's hilarious, but dude, it's just crazy how, like things on Reddit or TikTok, you can literally start so much commotion and just get so many people involved. Like for like the TikTok instance, like whatever happened with the Donald Trump, like he was going to speak somewhere. And yeah, all they bought all those tickets. Like it's just crazy like how things like that just happen. And like something like this is happening too. It's just It's just the common folk going up against the powerful people. So I'm all for it, dude. I love it. Yeah. And you really do see the opportunity to where, you know, like if you can mobilize this army of people and everyone starts buying, like that is going to definitely affect the price of the stock. I mean, like over the last couple of weeks, like GameStop, AMC, Naked Brands, like nothing has changed with those companies. It's literally just people creating a market for it because 
they are excited about this idea. And it's crazy that guys like Elon Musk, um, Mark Cuban, like these kind of big, really, really famous people in the tech industry are backing this whole idea. I think that kind of brings us into, you know, I think the one thing that's kind of getting glossed over with this situation is there's a lot of implications and, in, in, you know, in sports. And I think like one of the bigger stories that's kind of going unnoticed is like Michael Jordan's potential exposure to this whole thing. Um, because the main guy that at Melvin Capital, which is like the hedge fund that's totally going under because of all this is the guy who's like a minority owner in the, in the uh, Charlotte Hornets. And I think we just don't really know how much, I mean, how, if, if MJ's buddies enough with this guy to let him buy a big share of his basketball team a year or so ago, I mean, you kind of wonder how much money MJ has in this thing that could be lost. And yeah, dude. And that's true. That's the thing that's crazy about all this stuff. A lot of these people that we think are somewhat good, like good people, like athletes, like actors, all these famous people, like, oh, they get involved into some really crazy shit. And yeah, to be honest with you, though, as crazy as MJ is, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he dabbled in this kind of stuff just to make a little bit more money because the Charlotte Hornets aren't making them shit. Well, yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> definitely true. And when you look at like, so Gabe Plotkin, the guy from Melvin Capital is what like people in the finance world have kind of called him like the Luka Doncic of stock trading. So, I mean, this guy is like the boy wonder. He's he's kind of come out of nowhere and has been making these massive returns in hedge funds. So I would be shocked if Michael being buddies with this guy didn't be like, hey, here's, you know, half a billion dollars. Go turn this into more money for me in a couple of years. Like, I mean, he's got to have some money at stake here. I think it's kind of interesting too to see like the big tech money versus the hedge fund money. Cause you have Mark Cuban on CNBC and I can't remember who the minority guy is for the warriors, like Shamoff something. He's like huge in the tech industry. I mean, they're basically like laughing at these hedge fund guys who are losing all this money. So it's kind of crazy to see the crossover. I mean, it's basically like yeah. two NBA owners fighting with each other. Yeah. And it's just, it's nice to see like, people like Mark Cuban who are super wealthy, super like some somewhat powerful in a way kind of be on our side of the whole thing and not, I think he, he's kind of, he's a good person, isn't he? Yeah. Mark. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, I think so. At least. Like a guy. He makes him, yeah. He makes himself sound like a yeah. good person. So, I mean, there's still hope for hope for us out there with all these powerful people. There's some good ones out there, but dude, yeah, this stuff, this stuff's insane. I just keep seeing, like, before I go to bed, I'll just see some tech, some tweet, just, oh, tomorrow morning, man, we're all going to the moon, just like every day for the That's last right. like, week. I know. I've, I've literally been like getting up extra early the last couple mornings just so that I can be, you know, staring at my app right when the stock market opens at 6.30 our time. And, and that's been fun. But I don't know, man. I mean, these these stock shorting things are really crazy and really risky. I mean, if obviously like, I'm a big fan of the movie, the big shorts. So if you haven't seen that, would definitely recommend going and watching it. I'll never forget. I, uh, talking to my, I'll give a shout out to my stockbroker, Rick Mundrain, but I remember talking to him like probably a, a year and a half ago and telling him that I really wanted to short this company. Uh, cause I thought they were going to end up going under. And he told me like his biggest philosophy in stocks is that he doesn't mess with shorts because, you literally never know what's going to happen. And you could be, you could have like a ton more exposure than you would think because like a company is like a company is going to hit zero and that's the lowest it can go. But like a company can infinitely grow and you might not even see it coming. And I think this is a pretty perfect example of like looking at a company like GameStop that seems like it's just on the verge of collapse. And you'd think, yeah, of course I'm going to short that. Like this is easy money, but then all of a sudden wall street bros, Reddit army comes after you. And next thing you know, your hedge funds totally collapsing. Love to see it for the little guy. All right. It's Super Bowl week and uh, kind of definitely a, a weirder one than usual with, with everything going on with COVID. I know for me, like I'm such a huge fan of, of the radio row aspect of Super Bowl week where you get all these sports shows and podcasts and everybody basically in like a giant warehouse and there's, 
famous people walking around doing interviews, but it's here, man. I, I, I can't believe the NFL kind of made it to this point. It's kind of surprising. Yeah. Uh, I pretty sure like whenever we, like when we started this podcast, we kind of had doubts of things happen. Like we had doubts with the NBA coming back. We had yeah. doubts with college football, all this stuff, but I'm pretty sure I even came out and said that I didn't think the NFL would even make it throughout through the whole season. And I mean, there were some instances where I was just like, okay, this is where it's about to. There was a week or two come. there where it was like, this thing's got to at least get paused. Like, yeah, basically every, anybody who played the Steelers was, <laughs> yeah. in, was like COVID watch. So they had to cancel all these games. So I'm just like, okay, this is the beginning of the end, but yeah, I mean, they managed to get it done. Um, I, so far I've only seen that like two players from two players from the chiefs, but combined with both teams have been put on like the COVID, the oh, okay. COVID watch list. Cause I'm pretty sure I saw like if anybody tests positive or whatever for COVID, they can't play. Yeah. I mean, from this point on, you got, you're too close to the game to be able to be within that 10 day window. So, so yeah, I mean, if anyone gets it at this point, they're, they're screwed. But, but yeah, this is nuts. Cause this is like the, a perfect like place to be at for the Super Bowl. But like the inst- the case that we're in now with all this pandemic stuff going on, it's it's like you said, it's going to be a little different. It's going to be a little weird. You're not going to have famous people. You're not going to have whatever you said, Squid Row, all in Tampa, <laughs> Radio all Row, this- <laughs> all this stuff going on. It's Squid just Row. Be- shout out to my old live out in college. Yeah, like <laughs> get the hell out of here, Margar- <laughs> it's Margaritaville guy, formerly Margaritaville, <laughs> but um. But no, like even today, uh, Tom Brady's doing his virtual like Super Bowl interview and all this stuff. So everything's a little bit different. You don't have like Jimmy Kimmel with, with Guillermo yeah, coming on and all this stuff. So yeah, it's a little bit different. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you'll agree with me. I guess it's only Monday, but I just feel like there isn't as much hype right now for the no, Super No, totally. I, I think you're totally right. I mean because it's just not as big of it's going to feel different too with you know usually like i think at this point in the week too like people that are going to that have tickets to the game like they're already down they would already be down in tampa like because you kind of hang out there the whole week like there's the games on sunday but there's all the you know super bowl pre-parties and events like every night of the week that would normally be going on that just can't happen this year so i'm with you the hype feels like it's not quite there yeah. Um, and I mean, saying the hype's not there doesn't mean the game's going to be bad either. Cause I feel like this, this has been probably the most interesting, like football playoff, like NFL playoffs in a while, at least for me. Yeah. Like all the games were some of them, I mean, some of them were, weren't as great, but a lot of good close games. Um, honestly didn't, people didn't expect well, people expected the Chiefs to kind of make to the Super Bowl. I don't think many people right. expected Brady and Tampa to make to the Super Bowl in their first year. Um, the way Aaron Rodgers were playing was we kind of thought he was going to make it or maybe it was the Saints um, with Drew Brees' last chance to make the Super Bowl. But I don't know. This is going to be a good one. Like I said, like I think I said last week, the GOAT versus the wannabe GOAT. It's going to be good. <laughs> I think you're right, though. I mean, I think we are – this is probably the best Super Bowl matchup that I can think of that we've gotten in. It's been a while. I mean, like even last year, I think like the 49ers wasn't necessarily a super exciting team to have there. The year before that was like the worst Super Bowl we've ever seen. It was the <laughs> Pats versus the Rams. Um, and even before that, like you had, what was it? It was the Patriots versus the Eagles. And that the ended Eagles, up being a yeah. really, really good game. But I think, going into it the whole story was basically like okay like it's tom brady versus the backup quarterback so i think like this is the first year that we're really getting the true kind of like star quarterback versus star quarterback in a while um i don't know as as far as like the actual game matchup do you do you think that either of these defenses are going to be able to slow down these offenses or is are we going to get like a kind of like that brady and philly one where you know it's like 40 something to 40 something and each quarterback goes for like 400 yards that's kind of what i'm thinking is going to be like it's going to be one of these like pretty high scoring games where i think it comes down to the end with 
the defense on maybe either side coming up clutch and winning the game for their team. Um, just mainly because, dude, Tyreek Hill's a freak. He's so good. Um, I don't know what it is with with Kansas City, but I swear it's not a knock on them or anything. But their their wide their receivers are always open. Yeah, like no really one are. around them. There's like, always a Travis Kelsey stomping through the back. Yeah, and that's the thing that's super scary for Tampa's defense is they pay so much attention to Tyree Kill that they forget about Michael Hardman, who's also very very fast. You forget about Travis Kelsey, who's I would probably say the best tight end in the NFL right now. Yeah. And um, even their rookie Clyde Edwards. And I mean, they got, they got a whole squad on offense and it's just, it's insane. Like whenever Mahomes throws, throws a pass, it's to a wide open receiver. Like, I mean, he does make those tough throws, but it's insane to me that these receivers can get so open, but I'm not surprised because of the level of uh, athleticism, these wide receivers and, tight ends have on that team but i think it's it's the same for it's the same for tampa though tampa has so many weapons on offense tom brady can use whatever he wants he's getting the best out of some random white kid named scotty miller (laughs) he's getting the best out of i think tyler johnson who's a rookie out of minnesota like and then of course you got mike evans godwin gronk cameron Brait. like they have a bunch of uh, both these offenses are explosive and it's going to come down i think to these defense is actually making stops and i think that's what's going to win either team the game yeah i mean i think kind of like you said like i don't even know that it's going to be like making stops i feel like it's going to be like which defense can kind of make like one or two big plays that can get them up two scores instead of being up one i mean like i think for the for the bucks it's going to be a matter of can can that defense kind of get to Mahomes and bother him like they did with Rodgers and obviously with Breeze um Mahomes is like a whole nother animal and like you said he's got a lot more receivers that he can throw to and whereas like Rodgers really only has like Devonte Adams to kind of bail him out when he has to get rid of the ball quick and then I think on the other side too like can those Chiefs uh you know can those Chiefs wideouts like can they end up maybe picking off Brady once or twice and stealing possessions away from the Bucks. I think it's really interesting that both of these teams, I don't know if it's the, I don't think it's the offenses they were playing, but they both like neither of these teams, I feel like had good defenses, um, you know, throughout the regular season, but both of them, like their defenses have kind of shown up and made big plays in the playoffs. I mean, the chiefs defense looked really good against the, the bills who were one of the best offenses in the NFL. And then, I mean, we saw the Bucks defense just like totally eviscerate the Saints and then make things really hard on Aaron Rodgers enough to to hold out and win the game. Oh yeah, for sure. Like uh I think that yeah, like you said, they both came into this season with with I think decent decent right. defenses. I think Kansas City I think probably would have had the better defense at the beginning of the season, just mainly be coming off a Super Bowl championship, you would just kind of put them at the top anyways. But I'm pretty sure uh, Tampa's defense was like right in the middle. So they weren't like, they weren't entirely bad, but they weren't super good either. But yeah, like you said, they've been playing lights out the last few games. But I mean, during the regular season, I mean, we saw that Tampa Bay defense give up so many points and just look like complete shit. And same with the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay offense. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see uh, which Tampa Bay team we get in the Super Bowl. I mean, hopefully it's – I was going to say, hopefully it's the one that was like with the Packers, but even then they both kind of had – offense and defense both kind of had some faults during that game. But I don't know. Tom Brady's got to play smart. Uh, he's got to make sure he doesn't make any of these stupid throws he was making <laughs> against the Packers. And I don't know. I think the defense is going to be consistent. I think they're going to keep playing really, really well. I think – but like you said, dude, I think it comes down to – it's going to come down to these offenses and who can make the most out of their plays. And I guess the defense holding these teams to maybe one or two field goals, that's going to probably right. like, can you, can you force at least one or two stops to, to, you know, stop the score from just running up too much. I don't know. I, I'm like really hoping for a high scoring game. Like, I think we just haven't really gotten to see that in a super. I mean, even like last year was 
you know, the chiefs were shut down for like almost the entire game. And then they just kind of make that run in the fourth quarter. So I would love to see something kind of similar to the pads versus the Eagles, where it was just so much offense and nobody was really stopping anyone. I thought that was a really exciting game. Yeah. The thing too, that I think is funny is you kind of brought this up um, was I think your kind of take on the only way for Mahomes to kind of reach Brady's legacy is by stopping him. Yeah. Uh, this weekend. And Tony Romo had the same, the same exact take as you did, which I thought was pretty funny because Tony Romo is basically right all the time. Yeah. He probably heard uh, it from me. So, but it was funny because then did you see Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless took offense to that? They, oh, they were both like, did? yeah, like Shannon was so mad. Shannon, he, well, I don't think Shannon was like super mad, but he was saying basically like if, if Mahomes loses, this doesn't stop him from still possibly being the greatest. Ever. Oh, okay. Okay. Cause he, he basically, he just threw out like, Oh, he's young. He just, and threw then out that I'm he's sure young. Skip was obviously like, it's a, it's offensive that Tony Romo would even put Mahomes in the same light as, Patrick no. Norton, Godwin Brady. No, Skip was pissed because he said when Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl, nobody said that he was chasing Joe Montana <laughs> and all this stuff. So it was, I don't know, Skip's take was was weird. He was pissed off for something very, very stupid. But this Shocking. has been like, but this has been a huge topic the last like week now is basically everybody talking about, even Stephen A, I think, said the exact same thing. Yeah, I mean, you get the comparisons a lot of people being like, I mean, this would be like if LeBron got to play Jordan in the finals. Like, you know, it kind of does have that vibe where, and I think like Mahomes is just, yeah, he only has one Super Bowl, but I think like everyone sees the like insane potential and the fact that he is a lot like Brady where, you know, they he has a really good coach. He has really good pieces around him that it feels like this team can be competitive for a while. So I don't know. I, th I think that is like an extra awesome added layer. And like, yeah, obviously if Mahomes loses to Brady, like sure, he could go win seven more Super Bowls over the next 12 years and have more than Brady. Like, yeah, obviously that could happen, but yeah. I think this one is kind of important for it. Cause like, I mean, what better way to kind of put yourself in the conversation than, beating the goat and you know also stopping him from getting to seven while you get to two yeah and i mean i think this one's huge for brady's i mean like i said he's for me tom brady's already the goat he's already solidified himself he's at the top of the list but i think this like even if mahomes was to get seven even though he loses to tom brady this weekend i still don't even think because tom brady's 43 winning a super bowl like that's just being 40 years old and playing at the highest stage in pro football is completely insane. Like, especially in a really, in a contact sport, like it, like this, like you wouldn't think that some 40 year old would be out there throwing touchdown passes still. And yeah, he had the, he'd have the longevity for sure. Yeah. But it's just, it's insane, man. I don't like, like, it's crazy. We see LeBron. It's not, well, I mean, it's not crazy. We see LeBron, the way that he is now because he's massive he's always been like that he's uh always taking care of his body all this stuff like he talks about why he spends a million like, yeah, like a million bucks taking a care of himself tom brady does stretches he does what is it pliability or something like that like these guys got two different two different schemes on how to prepare themselves but they're still able to even as they're getting older still able to keep playing at these high levels like i think lebron said it I don't think he said it today, but he said in the last few days, basically they they're getting yeah. older, but they're still able to dominate their own sport, which is completely true. Yeah. I mean, they each find different ways to, to continue being successful, but yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think it, it would be interesting if, you know, if Brady gets seven and wins another one this late in his career. And then if, you know, if Mahomes were to do the same thing, like, yeah, Brady would, I, I think that like, there's people out there that think Mahomes could maybe rip off six Super Bowls, but I don't know that there's anyone that would like go put money on Mahomes having a 20 year career just because it's like so rare, but you never know. I mean, maybe with science advancing and things like that, these 
football players, especially quarterbacks, like are maybe start to be able to play a lot longer than they used to in the past. So I guess we'll yeah. see. It's a big implications for this, uh, this Super Bowl. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. So uh, what, what's your prediction? What's your score? Who you got winning? And who's your, and who's going to be your Super Bowl MVP? Oh, okay. All right. I think I'm going to go 43 to 36 Tampa. Oh, I'm going oh, Tampa. Dang. And who do you got as your MVP? I think I would probably, I mean, Brady seems like the obvious pick. Um, I do feel like it seems like running backs have had some good games against the chiefs, but I mean, the Chiefs' secondary is just, they're not very good. And I, I mean, I could see the Tampa offense just like scoring a lot of points. And if, you know, if Brady has anything close to a good game, they're going to want to give it to him. So I think Brady would probably be the safe pick. Yeah, probably. What are you going with? Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I got 41, 37 Tampa Brady getting his Super Bowl MVP while also getting his seventh ring. But for, but dark horse Super Bowl MVP, I'm going with Antonio Brown. Oh, wow. (laughs) That would be just, I think the NFL would be so mad about that, but that would be insane. If that crazy guy, and it's, that's the thing that's crazy too. This guy's playing in a Super Bowl Finally. I know it's, it's crazy that it's almost like disappointed with everything that he did and how much he just like was such a douche for months on end that he ended up just like walking into the Super Bowl. And, yeah. I mean, so he's going to play. He didn't even play last week. Did he? he no, he didn't play. Cause he had, uh, he had something wrong with his knee. So he had to sit out, but he's able to play now. And even Le'Veon on the chiefs too. Like these, these players that yeah, were supposed true. to There's make another it one. To, that we're supposed to make to the Super Bowl with the Steelers, like are now on completely different teams. And I mean, Le'Veon is Le'Veon's okay. It's not like he did anything crazy, but A B surprisingly had a decent year. Yeah. Like for I mean, only he's playing been... a certain amount of games, like he did really, really well. Yeah, it sucks that one of those guys is gonna walk away with a Super Bowl ring, but <laughs> I guess that's how it goes sometimes. Okay, everyone, we kind of want to give, uh, me and Padilla want to give a shout out to some of our top, you know, places to go get food and drinks and the stuff that we're kind of most excited for to be able to get back into these restaurants when they open back up. So Padilla, um, I'll start with you. Give me the fifth restaurant on your list that you're most excited to get back to. Uh, My fifth restaurant most, most excited to get back to, I would have to say, some of you guys probably won't know this. You guys are probably gonna judge me. I would have to say Acropolis. (laughs) <laughs> i would not mind going to get a steak while also getting a show down in portland For some of you guys that don't know it's a steakhouse slash strip club yeah don't google got, the menu at work yeah they got some they got some fire steaks there some good food some good appetizers we're big on apps so they got some good apps there cheesecake is good the girls are decent um it's just it's just a good time man it's just it's a good time um but i'm pretty sure they've already been open for a while oh god yeah so i mean but now i with every with things kind of slowly starting to open up again i kind of feel a little bit safe but then again it's in oregon so you gotta make it different yeah it's different here in washington whatever we're going through but so i don't entirely know what they're going through but yeah i'll put acropolis at my number five Wow. That's, that's not surprising, but funny. Um, <laughs> my number five, I've got one of my, I've been on a big uh, Indian food kick probably over the last year or so. So I'm going to shout out one of the best Indian restaurants in Seattle, Nermal's down in Pioneer Square. If you haven't Ooh. gotten that, definitely check it out. They're pretty good to go. But for me, there's just something about that in restaurant experience that can't be beat. I've only had Indian food once, I think. Just kind of like an, an Uber Eats type of thing uh we yeah we got we kind of got takeout from this one indian restaurant okay um a while back had like some butter chicken yep big on those the, what's the other one what's the other one that's super tiki masala basic? probably tiki, yep tiki masala yeah i love the non breads too so oh dude non is life-changing it's amazing yeah for those so out there that haven't just, had the yeah. indian food you gotta get on the spot so good 
Um, so for my number four, this one is, this one's not so much for the food. This one's just for kind of the good time, just to hang out, just a fun spot to kind of chill at. Um, I'm going to go with the tap room from my hometown. Aberdeen. Hell yeah. Got to give a shout shout them out. If we, uh, if neither of us brought them up, that's yeah. I got to give a shout out to my boy Bryce. I know today's their first day of being open with all these restrictions and stuff. So I know they got people kind of funneling in now. I know he's been eager to get back to work and I hope, hope we don't go back into lockdown. I hope everything goes well for him, but yeah, that's one place I'm really excited to go and grab a beer with some friends. Yeah, that's definitely uh, glad we got to give them a shout out. Um, My next spot is this great little kind of small hole in the wall Italian place up on Beacon Hill in Seattle. Um, They've got these great like wood fire pizzas great apps, good wine selection. It was always popping before the pandemic. So I'm excited to see them back in action, but this place is called Bar del Corso. Probably one of my favorite Italian places in the city. All right. Number three for you. Where is it in Seattle? It's in, uh, it's on Beacon Hill. So it's a little bit outside of like the city area, but it's, you know, it's like, it's probably like 15 minutes away. It's a nice close little drive. Not too bad. It's literally like in the middle of like a neighborhood. It's kind of weird, but looks strange from the outside, but it's delicious. All right. So for my number three, I got to go with, um, it's a, it's a bar. It's another bar. It's a tavern here in Olympia called Westside Tavern. I got to go with them. Um, it's just a nice little place to go get some food, get some drinks, but definitely can't wait to go get some of their carnita fries, dude. They got some Ooh. waffle fries, just smothered in sour cream, cojita cheese, um, some veggies, some obviously carnitas too. And it's, Oh, it, they're perfect, dude. They're so good. Wow. That sounds incredible. Get down there and try that one. <laughs> what do you got for your third? So mine is, this is probably my favorite kind of traditional Mexican spot in Seattle. Um, over on East Lake, there's this great little restaurant called De La Santa. Um, and they, for those of you that have ever been to like an Asadero type of place, it's that same type of thing where, you know, they bring you out like, the giant cuts of steak uh and then they give you all like the taco toppings like tortillas all the salsas um you know all the different spices and and it's just like it's so good like their carne asada is amazing um they also have like really really good drinks they've got great margaritas there so definitely excited to get back there and get in the restaurant damn i'm i feel like you'd like it pity it's very uh, very traditional style reminds me of when your mom would come cook for us on mom's weekend Dude, yeah, I was about to say that. It sounds amazing. I'm just like, yeah, I need to already. I'm gonna text you after this. Be like, hey, I'm coming up. Yeah, we gotta hit that spot for sure when they're when they're back open. All right, two left. What do you have for number two? For number two, this one this one was tough for me. This was a this is a breakfast spot for so my number two goes to breakfast. Um, <clears throat> and I'm gonna have to cut out this one, but I'm gonna have to go with. Um, this place uh, down on the waterfront here in downtown Olympia, it's called uh, Bud Bay Cafe. So okay. I only go there on Sundays because they got their Sunday brunch buffet with, bottom, with bottomless mimosas. Oh, we gotta love that. So they got, uh, they got some skirt steak, dude. They got biscuits and gravy, pancakes, omelet bar, waffle bar, bacon, wow. eggs. They got salmon, dude. They got chicken cordon blue dude they got it all they got it all you go there on a nice like a nice sunday summer day just with with the boys go get some bottomless mimosas dude just walk just sitting there on the water just seeing all the boats everything people walking by down the boardwalk all this stuff it's dude it's a good time it's pretty pricey but it's definitely worth it i think the sunday fun day brunch is definitely one of the things that I've missed the most during COVID because you just like, like the bottomless mimosas type of thing. You just can't replicate that at home. Like sure. You could just go buy a shit ton of champagne, but there's something about being in the restaurant and getting some great food. I love hitting this spot on Capitol Hill called new. They have bottomless mimosas there and they also do uh, like really, really good chicken and waffles. So definitely had a few, uh, too fun of Sunday fun days. That yeah. I was about to say, for some reason, like Sunday, like Sunday brunch, lunch, dinner, whatever. Sundays just for some reason, they're the days you want to relax, but they're the days that 
probably slap the most too. You got to like, get the most out of the weekend. Yeah. Like, like you said, dude, you, you wake up a little bit of a hangover. You're like, Hey, let's go get some brunch. Oh, it's going to lead to pictures of mimosas at skillet. It's going to lead to mm-hmm. breakfast burritos, all this stuff. And it just turns like, I don't even think you really kind of, sometimes you kind of plan this, the, those kinds of things, but sometimes it just happens and it just turns out being an even awesome day. Yeah. The Mondays are always rough, but always worth it. That's for sure. Um, I didn't, I left that brunch spot right off my list, but the second one on mine is another Mexican restaurant. Um, this one's a little more like Tex-Mex type of stuff, but little water cantina is also kind of in the East Lake area. It's right kind of on the cut area before you hit Portage Bay off of South Lake Union on East Lake. And they have this awesome patio that looks over the lake on the back deck there. Um, they've got really good margaritas. They've got these great smothered burritas. They do chimichanga styles. So they fry them. They're so good. Uh, but that's like one of my favorite spots in the summertime. What's it called? Little Water Cantina. Little Water Cantina. All right. Well, I'm going to add that to the list. <laughs> so, All right. You're number one. What do you got? Dude, so my number one, I this place found it randomly walking down to, in downtown Olympia with one of my buddies. Stopped in, literally went go there all the time. Um, I haven't eaten there yet, okay. but I've kind of heard their food's okay. But their margaritas, man, I go in for their margaritas, mango, strawberry, coconut, papaya, Whoa. dude, fresh fruit, like. Wow. This place is amazing. I get free shots every time I go in there. <laughs> Most of the time I don't want them, but they kind of just force feed them to me. My girl, Vanessa is the owner there. Randomly met her the first time I ever went there. Somehow she remembered me maybe because I'm just a huge pile. Cause you're getting so, all the marks the whole time. Yeah. So I just, I literally go in there and just get marks. We would, it was when uh, the restriction was like, okay, no more alcohol at 10. Oh, we'd always yeah. go there. We'd always get there like at nine, nine fifteen. Oh, you guys want food? Nope. We're just here for the drinks. Show up. We just sit there and we drink the whole time. And they're like, Oh, maybe next time show up a little bit early and get some food. Nah, still show up at nine an hour before just get as many margs in as we can. And a <laughs> couple free shots. Get out of there. What's the place called? It's called Coco's Coco's. Huh? It's yeah. It's just this little, uh, coco's lounge it's, huh? do you you came down to visit one time and we went to uh we went to the gay bar jakes oh yeah is it right by so that it's it's literally on the same street it's just like because all these buildings are connected so it's right. like two like stores down okay it's just this little this little shack of a of a restaurant super nice inside uh big just big on their tequila man chips and salsa amazing oh yeah they got a pretty good picture on the online yeah we're definitely gonna have to hit that next time i'm down in olympia that sounds oh yeah uh okay so for my number one spot this is in my opinion this place has the absolute best deals for happy hour in seattle um this is a little italian spot that shout out to ross campbell who helped me discover this uh he was staying with me and russ oh probably four or five years ago now, but we just wanted to find a place to get Italian. And he randomly looked this one up online and we found it ended up being my favorite spot in Seattle, but this place is called the list and it's down in Belltown. Um, they do their happy hour is like insane. All their food is basically half price. It's a great little date night spot. If you want, they do like a, whatever the special for the bottles of wine are for the night. It's like 15 bucks for a bottle of wine, all these kind of tapas style Italian plates are, are half off. They end up being like between, you know, six and $10 per plate. You just get a bunch of random food, great spot to hit with all your friends, great date night spot. Um, it is just, the food is amazing. Absolutely. You would recommend the gnocchi, which was the inspiration for my dog. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at this stuff and I'm not, you said it's an Italian restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not big on Italian food, but this, these photos look amazing like well it's nice too because they're all kind of like smaller like shareable plates so it's not like your classic you know olive garden where you get a gallon of pasta like yeah it's it's awesome yeah this just looks like it's got so many different things and some of them just like i have no idea what it even is and it looks good 
always has a little bit of a wait. So if you need to kill some time, uh, hop across the street and head to Ohana. It's a Hawaiian bar. They got some great frozen pina coladas and drinks like that. Always a good way to kill time. Uh, do you have any that you left off the list that you're pretty big on? Let's see. I'm trying to think. There was, I think one of the other really cool kind of outdoor seating e-spots in Seattle is this place called Westward which is down also on South Lake Union. It's on like the north side, kind of, I guess it would be east of Gasworks. And there it's like really good seafood. They've got kind of like all these big wooden chairs and like a yard kind of area on like a little beach that you can sit out, and just eat oysters and have drinks. That place is really good. Um, also love this place called Momosan down in the International District. It's this like super kind of, bougie fancy ramen place that is just like insanely good those are probably the other two that didn't quite make my list what about you uh i don't really think so. i mean obviously sushi places dude i haven't yeah. had sushi in who knows how long now um there's wow, you've place... never done like the uber eat sushi no because i'm so like i'm a stickler when it comes to spending money and so I'm <laughs> either true. like, I'm going to do Uber Eats because I'm going to pay and double what it is to just go to the store, go there and get it. Yeah. But then again, I don't want to drive and get it. I know there's one in um, in Tacoma that I usually go to whenever I have to work up there. I forget what the name is. It's near one of the offices that I work at. And um, I get this uh, I get this crunchy lobster roll with Ooh. like spicy mayo and all. Oh, dude, it's. It's so good. I just go in, I buy like three rolls and just sit there and just eat them all. It might take me like an hour, but oh, dude, I, that's one thing I miss right now. I haven't had sushi in so long. Dude, next time you're up here, we'll have to hit uh, Umi Saki House. I don't know if you've been there in Seattle. It's actually literally the restaurant next door to the list, um, but they have like a really, really good like late night kind of happy hour deals that are just like insane. Um T- it's awesome. I again gonna have to add that to my list, but god damn, dude, I cannot live in Seattle. I feel like there's too many places. Too much temptation. Too, yeah, really though. Like even like I have a little bit of temptation here, and I'm just like, oh, do I want Jack in the Box or do I want McDonald's? Like it's like little things like that to where I'm just like, you know what, I can do without that. But like good food and stuff like that, I'll instantly order that or go and get some but like living in seattle i feel like i would be huge because they got (laughs) it's just so much so many places with so much good food and stuff like that like every time i go to seattle i don't think i ever go to a place with bad food yeah there really is so many great options over here um that i think that's like why i miss the thing one of the things i miss the most is just like happy hours because it's always cheap is, you know, you get like smaller servings of things. So you're not like eating way too much. And then you get to like try all these new dishes. Like, I think that's probably what I'm most excited for is just meeting up with the boys after work and grabbing a happy hour. Oh yeah, for sure. That definitely as of today is possible again. Let's go. All right. NBA fans. So we got, Obviously, the season's still going on right now. We got some good games. My boy LaMelo just shit <laughs> on Zach's heat. So that's that's always good. But for, for some of us, spoiled fans, according to Kriseni, um, the All-Star, All-Star weekend might possibly be a thing. Um, we got – I think they're in talks right now about possibly getting vaccines and all this kind of stuff in order to have it done. But that's – for a completely different debate. But what we're going to do today is we're going to give our starting five for the West and the East and kind of give a little explanation on it, on why we kind of think these players kind of deserve it when what they've only played, what, 20 games. So yeah, we've only seen them play we're past the games. quarter. We're past the quarter way mark in the season. So we're kind of at that point where you can start talking all-star MVP, things like that. So. Let's kind of start off on the West. Who do you got as your guards? So, okay, West guards. So you got two guards for the voting. Um, I think Damian Lillard is a lock right now. I think of the guards that I'm kind of choosing between the Blazers have the best record of those. So he's at least in there. And then 
this last one I'm really torn on for who gets the last spot. Um, I almost would have to see how this turns out over the next couple of weeks, but I'm really torn between Steph and Luca right now because they're both having just incredible seasons, but both their teams kind of suck. Like, I mean, neither of them have a ton to work with, but the Mavs have been kind of surprisingly bad and the Golden State Warriors have been not so surprisingly bad, but <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd lean towards Luca. I guess his numbers look a little better than Steph. So I'll okay. go with him. Okay. Um, who you got? Who do you got for your so, uh, starting? So guards? I was kind of I was kind of the same with you. So Lillard is obviously a lock, um, but I got Steph. Okay. Luca right now is shooting a worse three point percentage than Russell Westbrook. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> he's gone, and Steph is almost shooting fifty percent from three. So he's doing. I mean himself, he's doing good. His team, yeah, they suck. But yeah, uh, but. Yeah, I think for those two, I think I got to go with Steph and Steph and Lillard. And yeah, it's a tough call between those two. I mean, like you said, Steph is averaging 27, five and a half, and six. But then the reason I went with Luca is because he's averaging 27, but then he's also averaging eight rebounds and over nine assists. So he's, he's close to that triple double mark. But yeah, he is way worse from three than Steph is right now. Who do you got for the backcourt? So for the back front court, court for, I guess. Oh, front court for the West. I got, I got to go with my boy playoff P what he's what, what hey, that's a bad pick playoff P. Yeah. Really? He's playing better than Kawhi is. No, he's not dude. Playoff P's got great numbers. No, he, see, I was, I kind of was thinking about this cause I was thinking about him too. And I had to look it up, and he like really doesn't. He's I mean, shooting good, at a good percentage, good, but they're good for him. Yeah, I guess. Good. Yeah, he set the bar low. Okay, so you got playoff yeah. P for one of them. <laughs> Damn, dude, just called me out. Yeah, I got playoff P. Um, obviously, I got to go with LeBron. Um, and then I got your boy, the Joker, man. Wow. Okay, so that's almost the exact same as me. I've got LeBron, Joker, but then. I've got Kawhi as my third guy in there. Okay, so it's it's somewhat somewhat similar. I don't know. I just feel I've been sadly I've watched multiple Clippers games, and <laughs> Paul George is obviously like kind of reinventing himself, and he's look he's looking good. He's looking, I mean, I guess better than what he looked like last season. So maybe that's kind of what I'm using pushing it off of. It's just how bad he was last season. So it's like, okay, he looks even better now, but I feel like Kawhi's just Kawhi's just Kawhi. Yeah. Like he doesn't need, he doesn't need to be flashy. He doesn't need to be putting up monster numbers. He's just consistent and just looks good. And so that's kind of why I've just didn't even bring him up. Cause it's like, I'm trying to get some attention. I'm trying to get a player that's popping off and Kawhi ain't cutting it. Yeah. See PG's averaging 23, six and five. Kawhi's getting 26, five and five. So I like, I feel like PG, there's been a lot of hype around cause he's kind of like talking himself into these conversations. But I, I was like surprised when I saw that he was only averaging like 23 points a game. Cause it's like, like there are games where you watch him play and you're like, Oh shit, Paul George is going off, but I don't know. They're... Yeah. To be honest with you, I thought he was averaging more than that. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought too. I had to look it up. I was just like, Oh wow. Okay. So all right, so I got Lillard, Luca, Kawhi, LeBron, Joker. Who do you have for your? I Westers? got Lillard, Lillard, Steph, PG, LeBron, and Joker. All right, okay. Who is your uh, East guards? The <laughs> Dude, so this is good. This one's gonna be funny. Um, God, please don't say Lamelo. No, I was going to, but I didn't want to make <laughs> you mad. Um, so obviously I got Bradley Beal in there. He's yep. playing, he's putting up insane numbers, even though the team's just bad team's bad. They had a great win yesterday. So hopefully that bounces them back and they makes the six seed. Like I said, they would so that this doesn't, that doesn't go into a cold take later on, <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I'm like looking 15 right now. And then I'm like trying to think, I'm like, what other guard is there in the East that's actually playing decent, but I wrote down Colin Sexton. Yeah, dude, he's been awesome to watch. He's having a great he's having a great season. But then I forgot Jalen Brown is 
pretty sure a uh, shooting guard. Yeah, he is. He's, he's so I had so I have to take out Colin Sexton and I got to put in Jalen Brown because that guy, I'm pretty sure he's putting up better numbers than Jason Tatum. Yeah, that's fair. I th- I think uh, Brown is a is not a bad pick. He's had a really really good season and and the Celtics look really good. I mean, they're like one of the better teams in the NBA right now. So um, I feel like he definitely deserves it. Yeah. Who do, who do you got for your guards in the East? So I also had Bradley Beal. Um, and then for my second one too, I don't like, maybe this one's kind of cheating because he just came over from the West, but I think James Harden has got to be, uh, I think he deserves to go. I mean, he, ever since like coming to the Nets, he's, he's, I think he's been their best player. Like Harden has been playing really well for them. You know, even when he was on the Rockets, the guy was basically just like coming out of the strip club and averaging 30, 15, and 10. Um, I mean, he's still giving you, like right now, he's still averaging, I think he's averaging 25 and 11. So he's yeah. having a pretty insane season. I think it's kind of hard to exclude him from the all-star voting. Yeah, that, yeah. I was That's who I was thinking about. I was just like, okay, maybe he hasn't had enough games yet yeah. with the Nets. And so that's just like, you know what, I'll just kind of keep him off. But yeah, you're definitely right, man. He's dropping 25 while also dropping 25 pounds. Yeah, and to the Nets. that's true. You can tell he's like deferring. Like he's letting Kyrie and Durant do most of the scoring. And yeah. he's still ending up with like 25 points a game. Which He's he's doing exactly what he said he would do in his yeah. interview where he's like, I'm a good teammate. I'm going to do what I can to make my teammates better, which we all thought was a lie. We're just like, no you're just this fat, fat dude who is full of himself, just super cocky, conceited, just wants to do whatever he wants. And he completely fooled, he fooled me. So yeah, sadly, um, that defense, man, like, they're like you said, you you said he might, Harden might be their best defensive player. And that's not saying much. It hurts me to watch him every time because I'm still so mad at Pat Riley for not trading away our depth for someone like him but show goes on all right who do you got for your front court in the east so for my front court i gotta go with so obviously giannis yeah giannis is he's doing really really well he's i feel like he's kind of flying under the radar like a lot of these players are because he's been quiet yeah it's just i think there's a lot of players like that are super quiet um kd obviously and then um my actual front runner for the MVP right now, Joel Embiid. Oh, all right. I like that. Uh, so for mine, I got two of the same as you, Embiid and Giannis. And then here comes some controversy. I've got oh. Tatum over Durant. I think just like KD has, I think it's, I, people don't really realize, but he has missed like six or so games. Um, and I don't know, like, I think the whole, like, I think the people that are like KD kind of randomly, you see him in like graphics on Twitter thrown into the MVP conversation. Like, I think that's an absolute joke. Like he is, he's missed a lot of games. Literally all he's doing out there is scoring. And I get that he's like putting up similar numbers to when he was an MVP, but like, he's not really doing anything else for the team. Like he's not a good defender. Their defense is awful. I honestly, I'm just not sure that he's even the best player on their team. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I mean, I'm just going to keep saying this. I mean, it's only 20 games in, so they yeah. got time. They got time to change that. They might, I mean, no, Tatum's a gr- Tatum's great too. Tatum's putting up crazy numbers right now as well. And it's, and it's weird to say, because I think Jalen Brown is doing so much better than Tatum, but Tatum's literally right behind him. Shit. Yeah. I think it'd be cool to see Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown both make the all-star lineup. Yeah. Might I mean, not. they're definitely, I think they're both deserving. I'm, I'm sure Jay, uh, Jalen Brown would at least make um, like a bench player if he doesn't get the starting slot, but I think you make a good argument for him over someone like Harden who maybe hasn't quite been in the East that long. Um, you brought up uh, your MVP front runner is Joel Embiid. Um, give me your top like three of who you think is in the MVP race right now. So Joel Embiid's number one. Who do you got? So right Joel, behind um, right behind him is LeBron. Yeah, I, I just feel like you can't. You LeBron's still LeBron. He's still doing LeBron things. He's not going to go away until he retires. So um, he's still there. Um, I thought eight. I think I said this 
like before the season started, I thought AD would have been the front runner, but AD is not having. No, he is he is in a slump. Like season. that guy needs a yeah. vacation. <laughs> but uh, uh, my third is I, I'm kind of torn because I could go with um, I could, I want to say KD, but I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Bradley Beal. Oh wow! Okay, you I have think Beal. so. Winning yeah, doesn't think, matter at all to you. It sounds like. And it, it, for me, it never really has when it comes yeah. to the MVP because I just think of the best player overall. Like he's my third. Interesting. My uh, my top three. So for my third, um, I've got to go with the guy who's averaging twenty-seven points, twelve rebounds, almost nine assists. The Joker from the Nuggets. Um, the he has just been on freaking fire this season and the only reason i don't think i would have him in the top two is just because the nuggets were kind of slow out the gate and they're they're making they're kind of climbing in the nba in the standings right now but they still i i'm kind of when i think of mvp i think you got to be a top couple team in the whole league to to deserve the award and then my top two i've i'm with you i'm right there with lebron and Embiid. um I think if you asked me a week ago, I would have said LeBron just because the last like two games or so, you can he's kind of in a little bit of a I don't know if it's a rut, but you could tell he's. I mean, he was like on fire for a couple weeks, and even like that game against the Sixers when the Lakers lost by one, like LeBron out outplayed Embiid, um, and I think it's kind of funny that LeBron has like all of a sudden become this three point sharpshooter this year. I mean. He's been a better three-point shooter than Duncan Robinson, which is insane. <laughs> like I, it pains me to say that, but and it's not like Duncan's been horrible this year. Like he's still been really good, but LeBron is like again just shows you that he can just change his game and do whatever he wants. But yeah, I think I think Embiid is like barely in the lead right now. Embiid hasn't quite. He's another one who's missed a, like you know five games or so. Yeah. Um, I I think I think it's kind of LeBron's to lose, but. I think and Embiid's also deserving of it for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. LeBron's playing really, really well. Obviously, with AD playing like shit, yeah. LeBron's having to carry that team, and, and he's um, still averaging twenty-five, eight, and seven and a half. Like he's, it's yeah. insane that even you. You've, I think we've seen like three kind of not very good games from him against the Celtics, the Pistons, and now the Hawks tonight. Um, but he's still like like ends up putting up these quiet numbers or keeps him right yeah. there. We, we, we criticize him for having a few shitty games, but when you go to the, his stat line, it's insane still. Yeah. As shitty game for him is still like, you know, 22 and 10. Yeah. And, but with my thing with Embiid being my number one, it's just the fact that they went and got doc rivers who I was just like, I didn't really think like, okay, this guy's not going to do much to change this team. They went and got Daryl Morey, who is, big on small ball and all this stuff. And I'm just like, okay, this guy's going to screw this team up, (laughs) but they're still, but they're figuring out ways to, to win games and do it offensively and defensively. I think yeah, they look great. I think they might be top five in both offensive and defensive, defensive efficiency, but yeah, Embiid is playing good. I hate Embiid. (laughs) I'm not a fan of Embiid at all. Um, But I mean, it's always crazy to see centers being in talks like this, like with Joker too. Joker's right. Joker's right out, like in my top five. I'd probably yeah. have him at. I think I would say I'd probably have him at five or four. And and I mean, this is good for the NBA. I mean, it kind of shows that the center position isn't completely dead. Yeah, I like, love it. it. I personally am like really happy that you got two centers and then a big guy like LeBron that's kind of in this race, and that it's not just these guards that take 23s a game yeah and it's i mean it's also good to see centers lead these teams because like you said we're so used to a guard a forward a small forward kind of taking control of these teams and being their best player but now you got a center who just basically sits in the paint and is seven feet tall can't move as fast and they're the best player on their team and they're proving it and showing everybody that they can win games for their team Yeah, these guys are freaking aliens, that's for sure. All right, everyone, thanks for joining us this week. We had a great time doing the pod for you guys. Uh, 
be sure to tune in next week. We are going to be, I think we're probably going to be doing our up and coming one of our new favorite segments where we go back and listen to some of our freezing cold takes about the NFL now that the now that the Super Bowl has happened and we finally get the results. Um, we'll either drop that next week or the week after. So keep an eye out for that. Um, anything for the listeners, Padilla? Yeah, all you Brady haters, y'all about to be crying and oh, pissed off on shit. Sunday because the go is coming for seven. Yeah, and he's not favorited, so go put your money on him because I think it's probably <laughs> of course gotta go with the beds. Go with the good beds. You gotta get in while you can. All right, everyone, have a great Super Bowl week. Enjoy the Super Bowl. We'll talk to you next week. All right, later. See ya.